Chapter 16 It was almost seven by the time Gloria made it home. Without the once ever-present too loud babble from a television in the background, for Dottie Weedman had taken to moving pictures the moment they were available and never looked back, the silence of the small house still rattled Gloria. It still felt like she was breaking and entering someone else's property every time she went through the door without Dottie. She lifted her purse with her knee to steady it, scratching around the bottom to find her keys. Good evening. His voice came from behind her. She spun around, hand on her chest, her keys clattering to the porch. Goodness, you have a way of startling me. Have you been sent to slowly assassinate me? Gloria teased, her heart racing. Did she have makeup on? She couldn't remember. What nonsense was she wearing? How was her hair? She patted the sides and pushed it behind her ears. I guess I do. My apologies. He was leaning against his moped, which was parked under the tree on the other side of the gravel driveway. Yet she could have sworn he was right behind her when he spoke. He'd been watching from the shade the entire time she'd been fumbling at the front door. Thank God she hadn't wiped her nose on her sleeve, picked her underwear from her butt crack, or, heavens forbid, let one rip and assumed privacy, all things she'd done before on any given day, thinking herself unobserved. She bent with a rueful smile, plucking her keys from the ground as gracefully as possible with a stiff knee, then sauntered closer to Henry, still leaning casually against his scooter. He stood, straightening the jeans he wore with one hand. She noticed a thin manila folder he clutched in the other. I didn't see you there. Gloria shaded her eyes. I noticed that, he grinned. She had driven right past him in the shadow of the giant pecan tree. A chameleon with the ability to disappear easily, she thought, realizing she was the same. I hope you take hand-delivered assignments, he asked shyly, holding up the folder, the loose pages within fanning. Henry wore his normal attire, a worn button-down short-sleeved shirt, the chain of his necklace visible against his pale neck, the pointed toe of a scuffed cowboy boot peeking from under the cuffs of his worn jeans. He smiled and his green eyes sparkled, tilting his head to invite her answer. Oh, she stammered, greedily snatching the preferred assignment. You didn't have to drop this by, but I have to admit, I'm really glad you did. I'm not sure I've ever looked forward to reading a student's work more before. Gloria laughed, clutching the folder tighter in anticipation. She couldn't wait to see what Henry had written. He was such an enigma in real life. Were you visiting your mother? He inquired politely. I was, yes. Gloria looked back over her shoulder to the front door and back at Henry. Would you like to come in? I was going to cook dinner. I have some chicken. Smooth, she chided herself. I have chicken. Henry nodded enthusiastically. Well, I would love to come in. I mean, I came just to drop this off, and then I stayed because I figured you might be back soon, but I'm not going to turn down a home-cooked meal. I'm not a madman. He followed her through the front door. She led him through the large living room and dining rooms and into the woefully out-of-date kitchen. She turned suddenly, bumping into him as he followed close behind, awkward in his presence. The manila file folder crushed momentarily between them. Sorry, he mumbled. She righted herself and placed the folder on the countertop, feeling clumsy and sweaty. At least it was September. 
Maybe he wouldn't notice her glistening discomfort. She motioned him to sit at the table and took a minute to compose herself under the guise of gathering ingredients. Henry contented himself by gazing around the ancient kitchen, the olive green appliances and plethora of dusty waxen fruits she neglected while cleaning. This kitchen is awesome, she heard him shout from the other side of the wall as she pulled a package of chicken breast from the second fridge in the garage. That's one word for it, she rejoined, appearing from the garage, arms laden with a styrofoam bottom package of chicken and a bag of frozen peas. This might take a bit to cook. Gloria warned Henry. Henry seemed content to sit at the great wooden table near the window and watch Gloria work. The top of the old oak table was smoothed with age. Henry ran his hands appreciatively across it. Nice craftsmanship, she heard him murmur to himself. I don't have anywhere I need to be, Henry admitted, resting his chin on his fists, watching her chop the chicken into pieces and throw it into a pot with the peas and a can of cream of chicken soup. Glancing at him beneath her lashes as she cooked, he looked very young in the waning light of day that filtered through the flowery curtains of the kitchen window. Henry watched her in companionable silence. You eat meat, right? Chicken? Gloria asked belatedly, pausing her task. Yes, of course I eat meat, he confirmed. You never know, Gloria shrugged, grabbing a couple of carrots to add to the pot. I didn't even ask what your pronouns were when we met. Things change fast. Vegans have invaded the South. I've seen them at Whole Foods in Tyler. What are you making? It looks great. Henry leaned forward to see better. Do you like chicken pot pie? Gloria kept her eyes on the chopping block. Do I? Need you ask, who doesn't love chicken pot pie? It's a pie crust full of meat, vegetables, and gravy. How could anyone not enjoy that? He stood, moving from the table to the other side of the kitchen island, hovering while Gloria mixed together the butter, flour, and buttermilk for the crust. He smiled and shifted his gaze back to the casserole. Voila! Gloria clicked the oven on to preheat, explaining, This may be ready to bake sometime tonight. Her mother's old stove was unpredictable at best, slow at worst. One of these days, she'd get around to renovating. May I offer you boxed wine? She whipped open the creaking door of the inside fridge, waving her upraised hand in front of the wine box on the top shelf like a Price is Right hostess. Of course, Henry smiled, tilting his head towards the nearest cabinet. Allow me. He opened two creaking cupboard doors before he located the stash of mismatched wine glasses, choosing a long-stemmed champagne flute for Gloria and a smaller whiskey tumbler for himself. First, he handed Gloria her own, which she held under the plastic spigot with shaking hands. Henry served himself, moving past her body with a deliberate graze of his own. She suppressed a smile, sipping her wine as he poured his own. She moved to the dinner table, plopping down on the nearest rickety chair. Henry slouched into the seat opposite her with ease. He seemed at home everywhere he went, she noticed. Maybe that's why she was so drawn to him. She always felt like a stranger in her own skin. Wouldn't it be nice to know oneself? To like oneself? Always? She looked up from her private reveries and saw he was staring at her. His dark green eyes were still pools, color of a pine tree. She almost felt she could hear the peace and silence of his mind, the infectious sense of calm he projected around him. He smiled, a slow and sensuous smile that unnerved her as much as it intrigued her. 
She hadn't had a young man smile at her like that in a very long while. He looked dangerous again, feral, and she realized she liked it. Gloria mused, I really like where you're going with your story. I look forward to reading more of it. Want to tell me anything about it before? Well, I'd rather surprise you. He sat up straighter, leaning forward, his eyes piercing hers with a direct, smoldering gaze. I thought you'd say something like that, Gloria laughed, her eyes never leaving his own. Like a mind reader, he tilted his head, asking, How long has it been since you've had a lover, Gloria? <laughs> what a question. A long time, Gloria sighed. She caught herself and chuckled. She hadn't meant to answer so honestly or so quickly. What kind of a question is that? Just curious, he shrugged, arching his eyebrows. I told you I wanted to get to know you better. Well, it's rather inappropriate, but why not? I'd ask you the same, but I'm afraid it might depress me. You're very young and quite beautiful, really, leading me to deduce you've either had a lot of lovers, so good for you, or you've never had one, which might explain your strange preoccupation with a lonely old woman. Huh. Well, I don't think you're lonely. Or old. He pursed his lips. And I hate to disappoint you. But I've had a few. Nothing impressive, but not nothing, if that helps. Furthermore, I wouldn't call it a strange preoccupation, Gloria. I'd call it a desire. Desire to know you. That's it. I'm not looking for anything more than what you want, what you desire. He had such an odd speech pattern, the way he enunciated his words so very carefully, his voice so silky and comforting, the words flowing around you like a spell. Gloria compulsively smoothed her hair, feeling a blush stealing over her cheeks and chest. Despite her fairly pale skin, she wasn't normally the blushing type. She felt like her body was betraying her when she wanted to look regal and cool, Helen Mirren style, not like Hot Flash McGee. There was an uncomfortable silence as Gloria's mind flitted through a variety of appropriately deflective topics. Unsure if she had the bravery to hear any more of what her mind promised was complete and utter bullshit. Must be bullshit, because shit like this only happened in movies. Look. Henry sat up straighter, his face earnest. I know you're leery of me, as you likely are any stranger, but the truth is, I'm drawn to you, Gloria. I am inexplicably comfortable in your presence. You set me at ease. That first time I met you when you picked me and Terry up at that game and dropped us off at the Dairy Queen, the time you didn't notice me, I saw something in you. Sitting in your back seat, I could see your eyes in the mirror as you spoke to Terry, just about trivial things, but I could see your eyes, and you have beautiful eyes, and your voice. I could hear everything about you in the way you spoke to Terry. Other people, they talk to him like he's a loser, but you don't. You see what I see, and when we talk, I see a woman with the biggest heart panic that her life is getting smaller and smaller to the point where... She feels like she just might disappear. And I wonder why. How could this magnificent, accomplished, sexy woman forget who she is? I think you're amazing. And I'd like to know all of you. But you know all of that, right? Gloria stared at him, speechless, 
clamping her mouth closed. He shook his head, raised his eyebrows in a challenge, and finished. I see the way you look at me when you think no one is looking, and I know you like me too. I don't care what people think. Do you really care what people think? Gloria's head was spinning. She felt something, tingly and dizzy and flattered and, and alive. But her mind was faster than her tingles and thoughts of reality intruded. When had she become so brittle, so hard? She'd once loved to dance and to run and to teach and inspire, to write. She'd once done things with that clear knowledge that there was always still more to come. The story wasn't even halfway done. But then one day it was and that surefire confidence slowed and she'd just stopped moving forward. She'd stopped running and traveling and writing, doing everything she enjoyed, and she'd hid herself away in caretaking. But that shattered now with his touch on her arm.